Hello, hello. Yeah, right. I'm good, mate. How are you? Not bad. Very busy, but uh, yeah. but yeah, not not too bad at the moment. Uh, everything's sort of coming to a head now with the the plans for my wife's birthday. So uh, yeah, the um, uh, it's just what, a week to go now. So I've wow. got you know, seven days. Um, you know, a year's worth of planning, and now it's the last seven days before it all yeah. comes up. So oh, cool, mate. Yes, it's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, now I know why husbands, you know, get into so much trouble for never organising stuff for their wives because it's just too bloody hard. Uh, just anything that could go wrong could, you know, has gone wrong and then has sort of been resolved and now it's, there's other problems. Ugh, it's horrible. Ugh. Who'd want to do that for a living? Ugh. Hate it. How about you? How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, very good. Yeah. You've been at work this morning and then. No, no, a uh, day off today, but I had some bits and pieces of this morning. So, yeah. Yeah, so nice. all sorted, yeah. So back Fantastic. to work on Monday. Cool. Uh, any big projects or is it sort of continuing everything that's already started? Yeah, all the stuff's just carrying on. So I've got a session on Monday, uh, the fourth session of our 10-week course. So that's good. Nice. Uh, yeah, all good, really. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Ah. Yeah. You see, you know, proper work. He's, that, that makes so much more sense. I might uh, have missed part of what you said. Ooh. If you want to translate something, you can ask. How do I say what? have a good day? Alexa, stop. Thank you. There we go. I'm going to switch her off because if she's on, she's always going to interrupt us as if I say anything remotely sounding like Alexa. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chosen Realm. Uh, that it just Space time, the ever expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. We are in Chronodate, season three, episode 66 of the podcast, season three, episode 12 of Enterprise. We are in the Chosen Realm. Ooh. Uh, but of course, I am not alone in the Chosen Realm. I am joined by... You're joined by Dan, who is called Dan, um, and is quickly running out, running out of things to say at this point, but... Um, you might be surprised to hear this, listeners, but I don't plan this. I know it comes as a surprise, you know. But um, yeah, I'm Dan. He's Dan, and together we are. Dan. Dan. Maybe I think maybe just on the wall behind me, I'll have like any words that rhyme, rhyme with Dan, and just see if there's anything that comes to mind, and we'll just have it there forever. Um, yeah. Hello, Dan. You're right. I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'm not going to say too much, uh, even though my wife doesn't listen to the episode. But I am preparing stuff for her birthday, so I'm a little tired. I am. I'm on my, I think, fourth cup of coffee right now, <laughs> as I've got a week to get to pull this off. Um, uh, photos to ensue on social media at some point. Um, yeah, um, you okay? Yeah, very well. I'm uh, day off today, so that's quite nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, all good, really. Yeah, cool. I had a breakfast this morning, which was nice. Oh, special breakfast? I'll cook breakfast, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh. I do I do love a cooked breakfast. I know this isn't Star Trek, but I love a cooked breakfast. I, I think that if I was had repli a replicator, I would probably have a lot of cooked breakfasts. <laughs> it's like, yes, where's Dan? He's in the mess deck. Oh, is he having yeah. another cooked breakfast? Yep, yeah. yes, he is. Yeah, um, yeah. well, I, I'm surprised we don't see Reed sort of you know mm. getting more of a cooked breakfast like a full english every yeah. day you know just because yeah. that's what he grew up on or something yeah. like that uh, at least some black pudding or, or something like that <laughs> there we go. um yes yeah, so uh we're in the chosen realm um thoughts just generally on the episode before we get stuck in i like this one i'm gonna jump in and say i like this one um interestingly i've watched it two or three times in pre preparation for this and there are a couple of little nitpicks. I think we've got another possible um, episode of Snap Trek. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 
I think I know which niggles and what Snapdrack uh, we're going to be making here, but we'll get to that when we do. Um, this one, yeah. Um, this one I don't remember liking back as and when, but yeah. having rewatched, enjoyed a lot more. I think again because I was when I was first watching season three of Enterprise way back when, I, I was looking forward to the arc. And again, it's although it deals directly with them being in the expanse, you couldn't tell this story any other time, technically. Um, it's it's a departure from the arc, and I kind of want to get on with the arc. Uh, and I think that's the only thing missing for me, at least. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, I'm really noticing I my my memory of season three is an arc, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't begun yet. <laughs> No. Well, it has and it hasn't. You know, it doesn't really. It doesn't feel like an arc. It feels like yeah. a, a, a series of episodes that generally sort of link into each other to a degree, but it does not feel like an arc at all. No, no, it's it j- just a sort of a general allusion to there being another story out there, which seems to. I mean, the only sort of lip service they've paid to it for the last couple of weeks is just Archer saying, "I cannot complete this mission without," and then insert a line that's relevant to that episode story. Um, and it seems like this is the same again this time around. And like you say, there are some nitpicks. There are things of like, well, how does that work? Given that all the stuff we've seen before or, or so forth. Um, yeah. There's, there's not anything wrong with the episode. I just feel like where the episode sits kind of makes it feel less than it should have been and possibly would have held more weight or been a better episode for me had it not been in season three, had it been a story that was sort of just you know, tweaked a little and maybe a season two or perhaps in a season four, you know, something else to it. Because there's a lot here, like a lot of story and a very Star Trekky kind of episode. As we've said, there's there's a, there's a, a Snap Trek that springs to mind when you think of this episode, but maybe we'll come to that in a moment. Um yeah, so uh, as always, we do our Elkar's system. I'm not going to go too heavy into it, but we always start with L, which is locate the point in time where we just talk about the episode in the right order. And there's no timey wiminess. We start at zero minutes, zero seconds. And there's a third sphere. Yes. And uh, Trip and Timmy are in the shuttle pod heading back to Enterprise. Uh, good old Timmy. He's uh, he's pretty good at flying. Barely says a word again in this episode. Other than, uh, oh, they, it looks like they came off a factory assembly line. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and they emerge from the field only to be being observed. Ooh. Um, is it what they're looking for? Some weird guys with some strange tattoos. Are they the Chakotay Appreciation Society? They got a bit of temporal uh, transmissions from the 24th century back in time. I don't know. We'll find out as we go into the credits. As a cold open. Do you like the episode? what what we've already seen yeah i quite like it yeah there's that bit of mystery who are these guys what are they up to mm-hmm. yeah and there's i think he does mention like they're being sort of um heretics i don't think he says heretics but he sort of mentions that they've already um gone on to the, the the sphere and they shouldn't have done that and stuff so there's always already that sort of that stuff going on so i think it's mm. a pretty decent one yeah mm. i think the only groaner for me, the only moment that I'm looking at this and thinking, oh, God, here we go again, is the Enterprise is going to be taken over again this week. Yet again, somebody wants the Enterprise for inexplicable reasons, because there's a wonderful array of species in this expanse with clearly better technology than this Enterprise. And they've set up the whole fact that they haven't been coded in Trellium D. They're not prepared for the expanse. They are not a useful battleship in any way. Uh, but for some reason, everyone wants the Enterprise. Um, uh, yes, with the line, they've desecrated a sphere. It makes perfect sense that they're going for them. It's just yet another example. It's not space pirates. It's not no. space Nazis. Oh, no, it's space priests this year, this week, taking over the Enterprise. Um so, yes, um, they've got a lot more data for T'Pol to chew on. And yep. uh, we go back into the ops room. Uh, they're calculating new positions for spheres. Like this uh, appears to uh, point to sort of 59 spheres or something like that that T'Pol is saying. Um, uh, only for their talk about all this new information to be interrupted by a distress signal. But finally, 
finally, Archer seems to be cautious about answering a distress signal and full security precautions. Yes. Because, of course, that means six Makos waiting at the entry, maybe only allow two members of the crew on board, you know, stabilise the power source first, don't let any more of their crew on board the ship, uh, or maybe, you know, inspect them or say, look, uh, unless you get a medical, we can't let you on the ship. No, actually, tell you what, let's move all the crew on board the Enterprise no questions asked we'll get him into sick bay one of our crucial areas where the probably the most important person on board is uh and uh yeah oh they've got religious aversion to internal scans yeah don't worry about that that's fine that's fine <laughs> what exactly is full security precautions your thoughts well i mean i must admit i was hoping for um ev suits of course yes that makes sense but no, yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm. yeah. I, d- I don't know what full security pre- uh, precautions are because you're right. There don't seem to be a lot of them. We haven't had them before now. Uh, we won't have them probably after this. Uh, but I think as far as consequences come, thinking ahead for our ratings, I have no idea what a full security precaution is supposed to be. <laughs> no. Um but we do meet our prenarm, Dejamut, uh, with a very familiar face for Temporal Trek uh, listeners. Uh, if you've been watching in the right order, as, as we have as well, you may recognise this face from the 1940s, from Roswell, um, uh, for, as a scientist um, who I didn't like back then and I still don't like now. Um, he's so agreeable. He's so nice. He's so calm. The way he talks. Yes. He's Dejamut. You know, one year journey. We've come to the spheres. We've come from a, a sacred pilgrimage. And I already don't like him. Uh, I, something slimy. I mean, I know we've already had the scene where he was looking at the Enterprise. It's like, oh, we're going to take that ship. Um, but it, just his performance alone, it's just slimy. I don't like him. I don't trust him. Uh, and the fact that Archer would in any way trust him at this point, it just feels like you've you've been through two and a half years of this, mate. Come on. You figured this out. Um, if we hadn't have had the cold open, if we didn't know they were after the Enterprise, do you feel like that might have made it a bit more of like a guessing game for us, the audience? Um, that's an interesting one. I think I think you're right with um, Dajamar. I can never pronounce his name. Dajamar. <laughs> I've had to spell it out phonetically every time. Mijanosh. <laughs> Let's call. We've got we've got Timmy. So what should we give his? I think we're going to call him Steve. Steve. So from now on, I'm calling him Steve. Dijamar yeah. Steve. Okay, Dijamot fair Steve, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He, he's just yeah. He's a he's a creepy dude, isn't he? Straight away. He really is. Yeah. He's just like oh, I don't like this bloke. He's got that <laughs> that horrible. He's, he's a bit like Kai Wynn, isn't he? In that he's got that horrible mm. levelness, but you already you feel like there's a just a there's there's that nastiness in him. He's Mister Calm. He's Mister Reasonable, but you know, he kills babies. You know. <laughs> And doesn't even think twice about it as well. Exactly, he's just, yeah. he's there. Yeah, no, that is it. I mean, it's a testament to the actor. He does, I think, yeah, a does. really good yeah. job. And you really do believe that he is one of these religious believers. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, as a character, can't stand him. Yeah. Uh, def- definitely in the space Karen genre. Yeah. Um, in the captain's mess, uh, we learn that they come from the planet Trianon. Uh, there, there's a disparity between the words. They say expanse. They say chosen realm. We talk about makers. Well, they're just aliens. Uh, breath of the makers, anomaly scars. You know, a sort of aligning religious language to meet the scientific. Already we're straight into what is really the crux of the episode. It's science versus religion, sort of. Um, just uh, any thoughts on sort of how they've been able to sort of work in the expanse? And, you know, was it a believable set of you know oh well we call it this we call it that or was it a bit too um a naive way of talking um i quite like it because i love the fact that topol hates him instantly (laughs) she just (laughs) you know (laughs) she hates him doesn't she yeah oh yeah (laughs) i mean even more than when she talks to like the humans yeah exactly oh bloody trip here we come again like the nose wrinkled up even more she was like "Mm, i'm gonna tear him down a new one gonna rip that scar off you and and of course um archer tries to sort of you know keep it civil it's like a it's like a, a sort of difficult um um dinner party isn't it where you've got your sort of slightly right wing uncle and you know and, and sort of like your young 
your young sort of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, eco warrior child or something, and it, it just doesn't work. And you're thinking, oh god, what's going to happen this evening? <laughs> but it plays perfectly into what we've been talking about with the Vulcans, in that they will instantly judge yes. someone. I mean, she's she's only spoken to him like two sentences, and she yeah. already doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, and when they've always said, "Oh, the Vulcans inter- interpreted like their way of doing, it, like the Andorians." They are unscrupulous yeah. and deception, deceptive and all this sort of stuff. Kind of see where the Vulcan ideology comes from, that they can yeah. rank everybody and judge them straight away. Um, scientific progress has led many astray is already aligned this early in the episode. But it does make me wonder, how did they get into space? Yes. There, there's a clear view that science is wrong. Why follow science? And he does say that, you know, space flight is literally only a way to get to the spheres. But if you don't like scientific thought, mm. how did you develop that technology in the first place? Any thoughts? Well, maybe because um, I think it's, it's, the, the spheres have only been there for about a thousand years. So their religion can only be what? Could only be a thousand years old, possibly. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they could have had sort of, you know, it could have been at sort of the, basically they're where we are, aren't they? You know, yeah. they're, they're going out to Mars, you know, which we're about to do. So they're, they're traveling sublight. Mm-hmm. It's long. So they're not really, so I think maybe it's something that predates the religion to a degree. Or certainly mm. predates maybe a, a move in society to a, a much more fundamentalist, you know, religion being the dominant factor rather than maybe you know previously science was much more much more valued mm-hmm. before the religion really sort of took off and, and started to be so quite so dominant or appears to be so dominant in their society mm. yeah it's it just it made me think that you know if they've got a distrustful uh, society around scientists how did the scientists have the room to be able to develop something as sophisticated as a sublight engine uh, they said that it's been a year for them to get there. So even if they're traveling at half the speed of light, that's, you know, uh, that's a long, it's not that far away from their st- system. So they could get there within a year and come back. Um, I was wondering maybe whoever builds the spheres, you know, sort of gave them the technology as like the keepers of the spheres. Yeah. You know, you look after them, make sure no one touches them as sort of like a, like a security guard system that they're not in control of, oh, okay. but they seeded the idea of this kind yeah. of religion here. And the reason I wanted to go for that is that yeah. after a couple of uh, chats, obviously in sick bay, uh, we've already had a doubter come in, you know, they've already established there's the one person who doesn't believe what or everyone else who looks like them believes, uh, which we get every time in star yeah, Trek. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they got bloody lucky with that, really, didn't they? The fact that anyone was in the group who didn't actually believe the guy. Um, if this was actually the real world, they would all be true believers. He would have yeah. rooted them out months ago. And uh, that's it. The Enterprise is done for. Um, but they say they desecrated a sphere. And Archer and Paul sort of talk about it. And he says that they think godlike makers made the spheres and then to does say that there is sort of a basis in myth in some facts and it made me think remember the book that hoshi was given by uh tarquin in mm. exile and how i wanted that to be a thing i was kind of hoping that hoshi was going to have a whole thing where she thought oh i remember reading this in a book turns out that these makers have been affecting people's religions in the area to protect the spheres um, as a way of kind of explaining that thing. Cause that, that science barrier really just played a number in my head. It's like, if they don't like science, how did they get to space? It just, it, the whole way through this episode, every time I watch it and I watched it about three times for this, it just didn't make any sense to me. How did they get to space? Unless yeah. the makers of the spheres are forcing them to do it or mm. or kind of affecting them by creating but, a religion. But then they do the whole religion is based on the reverence of the spheres, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So would would that reverence not drive the technological development to enable you to revere the spheres? I guess. I mean, I just don't know how. I think it's mm. it, it considering if it was that then yes, but because of that line science leads people astray. Yeah. Yeah. already in the episode maybe later yeah by all means but uh, he's already established he doesn't like science 
and then we're already in space. It, it, I feel like it should have been the other yeah. way around in the episode. But yeah, but but then maybe you've got you know like a lot of society, almost like the Klingon society. You know, at the moment what mm. we see in this society is it's mm. just religious. Yes, but you know, like Klingon society, we see it as being just warriors, and of course, it, a society can't function that way. Mm. Mm. So maybe he's just you know the extreme of the religion. Sure, sure, yeah. So actually, there is a you know there is a sort of a bit like on this planet, you know, there's there's people that believe in religion, and there's people that don't believe in religion. There's science, you know, and the science and religion sort of bump along together. Mm. So there must have been a society on their planet, maybe a, a country that had developed all the right sciences, but just didn't you know uh, get there in time, and then they were they were wiped out by these religious guys, and then they took over all their technology. Yeah. And even though they might not know how to make it work or build it themselves, they use it to get to the stars. Makes perfect sense to me. So well done. That's a great one. I like that. Um, uh, Steve calmly uh, talks about his great mission. As he comes into uh, Archer's quarters, to pole leaves just in time for him to drop the bomb. Well, all the bombs that are inside the chests of everybody he brought on board because of full security precautions. Uh, um, cut to the first explosion. Uh, yes. Your thoughts on this scene? Because this is quite disturbing. Like she just yes. walks in on this guy. She's just tapping on a pad. That poor lady, and boom, she is the second fatality. In the expanse, we've we've lost two crew members now to this mission, uh, and it wasn't even anything to do with the mission. No. Uh, and and there's this weird sort of pin thing that you have to mm. inject yourself with. Um, did you like that? A bit too much? But not enough? Uh, no, I thought it was a... cool. But Carol said, you know, Carol said, look, I'm not being funny, but if I was walking through anywhere and someone sat on their knees and then got this thing out and sort of, did, I'd be running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you'd be like, I know, something weird's happening here. I'm off. Not that, you know, she may have been able to escape, but I, would, I wouldn't just stand there and look at him. I'd be like, oh, shit, I'm off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I think seeing her run away from it, I think would have been a, a better thing, mm. showing that she tried. You know, she is yeah. highly skilled, yeah. highly trained. She was trying to run away, yeah. uh, and there it was. And it kind of feels that this character was just ignored like the other death last time mm. it happened everyone had a line about how irreplaceable this guy was we couldn't yeah. do it without him this lady was just just forgotten there wasn't a mention i mean mm. they do mention that she's been killed but they didn't say she was this this and this this is what she means to us almost trying to humanize her the victim to Dejamart to Steve, sorry, uh, and the rest of the people, you know, give her a name and it might have broken through and that mm. causes the doubt in the rest of the crew. Yeah, okay, it yeah, it yeah. wasn't just a, a faceless person, yeah. but we've already had the doubter. Again, it was another thing in this episode where it seemed like it was the wrong way around. If we'd had the doubter afterwards and then this lady yeah. then comes yeah, to flocks. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's the niggle that I have with this episode is that yeah. I don't hate the episode. I just feel like the scenes were in the wrong order. Mm. And you know me in order with Temple yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but there we go. Um, there are two men by your warp core and they will detonate yes. any time. To which Archer really should have replied, so what? We have fight phaser fights over it every other week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Try it's, it. Try yeah. it. You know, f around and find out, basically. <laughs> um, that's not really a threat if he'd done his research no. on it on Archer yeah. at all. And the Makos are utterly useless. We just seen them yeah, penned into a uh, courtyard and that's it. They just yep. that's it. What are the Makos for? What are they for? Any thoughts? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, they're good for causing um, aggravation with Reed. Very true. That. Yeah, yeah. They they don't they repel into things occasionally. That's um, true. Yeah, they look good yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, Nowhere to repel on the Enterprise, I suppose. No, I'm sure there must be at some point they must do something with the with the uh, Zindi. Surely I can't <laughs> remember now, but surely at some point they they have some value. I hope so. I mean, yeah. the most important one is where's Hayes? Where's Hayes indeed? Yeah. In yeah. all of this, I mean, in the yeah. full security precaution, where's yes. Hayes <laughs> meeting them at the <laughs> airlock? Um, uh, Archer and Trip have a full blown argument in front of Steve in the walk core. Like, it's not, you know, let's do this professionally and go over to the side. 
they have a full-blown argument and uh, I, I, having watched a lot of star trek i wondered was this some sort of ploy you know that they were trying to throw him off yeah, and, yeah. It, but it, it just seemed unprofessional <laughs> they're having a full-blown argument in front of steve it just are uh, very strange um but uh they make him uh, or sorry they he makes them destroy his old ship Yes. Uh, which is pretty ballsy kind of play in that you, you know, you get rid of the old ship. There's nowhere you can put us, you know, if, if this was another episode of Star Trek, they get overpowered, put back on their shift, a ship and left behind. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do that in this. So it, it, he's a pretty ballsy leader, this Steve, I have to say. Yeah. He's got that arrogance, isn't he? That arrogance of utter, utter faith. Mm. You know? mm. Yeah, my plan yeah. came to fruition, and that's exactly. it. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, two torpedoes gone. So ding, yes. ding, just in case anyone else is, uh, is keeping track on that. Um, I haven't actually written down those. I'm going to have to go back through our episodes and, and uh, total this up, ready for our year in review coming up soon. <laughs> He's going to use the Enterprise to destroy the heretics on a glorious yes. mission. Yes. Uh, enemies of the truth, your truth, or there is their only one. Great bit of dialogue between the two of them about truth and perception and subjectivity and loads of stuff you can mind from this conversation. Uh, any thoughts just on that? Yeah, I think um, he just, he's, he's not, I don't know if descending is the right word, but he's become, he's becoming more and more open with his lunacy, isn't he really? Mm. He, he's, you know, he, he's totally confident at this point, you know, it, it, the, 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 the makers of, you know, ordained this and all that stuff. And, you know, he's he's just a bit of a nutcase, isn't he, really? <laughs> but he never quite loses it at first. It's not until no, the end no. of the episode that he does yeah. lose it. And I uh, forget who it is. I think, is it Robert De Niro or or one of those actors, one of the Scorsese lot, um, who always said that you don't start shouting and you don't get um, upset until you feel like you're out of your power and right now he's so in control yeah. he's just very level it's my truth not yours all this sort of stuff uh and it is just a really delicious villain um yeah. he deletes the data yes how what who okay. gave him access <laughs> yeah uh, again full security <laughs> precautions <laughs> That doesn't mean maybe back up all of our sensitive data that we're on this one in a lifetime mission to save the entire planet somewhere in a hidden location. I don't know, perhaps a locked uh, quarter that has got also a time travel device that was left over by a time traveler um, that we haven't been allowed to go in. And every time the Enterprise gets taken over, never seems to come up in conversation. Maybe. Um, But yeah, just how did he delete that? How was he given access to that? Very good point. Yes. See, once again, you've made the effort. See, I don't really... I, <laughs> this is where I let myself down. I, I could have had all sorts of thoughts on this and it hadn't even occurred to me. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm still trapped in the writer's room box under, the, box, under the seat. Yeah. yeah, He doesn't have access. How did he do it? <laughs> Read six. <laughs> uh, but it's a good thing that Steve likes Archer because he's yes. only going to kill one of them. Well, I mean, it just shows what a decent bloke he is, isn't it? Yeah. But I do like how it's sort of like it, he's obligated by his faith, but he'll make this arbitrary exception. Um, you know, it, the rules only apply to him when he's making them up on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's a nice little line. I have to say, I did appreciate that. Um, in Archer's quarters, Yarick, another one of the doubters mm-hmm. and the husband to the doubter who we saw in sickbay earlier, um, divulges every bit of information he knows about her in that she went to go to see Flox. Where was Flox's medical ethics? Um, making another arbitrary exception. Yes. Not the only one on board. Yes. Uh, Flox, Flox basically told Archer everything. What happened to doctor-patient confidentiality? I don't know. Um, just any thoughts on uh, Archer trying to win over Yarek at this point? Yeah, again, you're right. I mean, I suppose, I suppose they're in a slightly different situation because they are under attack. They are being, you know, so Flox maybe would rightly think we might be able to get some leverage here. So I think I can excuse Flox's loose tongue. <laughs> um, and I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Archer is right where he says, you know, you might have this, you might have the chance to follow him to the death and all this stuff. And, 
I think it is it's sort of my one of my bugbears with the episode. Mm. And it comes up particularly later on with the the reason why they're fighting. That's the one that really gets me. Mm. I understand what they're doing, but I wish it was just a little bit more complicated than that. You know, it's a sort of classic joke about religion, isn't it? That, you know, one lot say it's 10 days and one lot says it's nine days. And, you know, and it's a bit weak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a bit, you know, I would like it to be, you know, it doesn't need to be anything spectacular, but just a bit more of a a reason. Not that I would, you know, I don't get the religion full stop. So, you know, but nine days and 10 days is is really ridiculous to anyone, you know? And I think, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the weakness in the episode. It's yeah. That the, what eventually transpires is why they are at war with these heretics is so reductive, you know, admittedly. Yes. If you look at two religions who have a very similar philosophy, but differ on small details, that ultimately is what it boils down to. This, this group believes this thing about one aspect of their religion, and they believe just a slightly different interpretation. And that happens ad nauseum throughout their entire philosophy. Um, But to reduce it all down to just one key difference is just too unbelievable. Um, there's uh it's not a religious thing but over in babylon 5 there is a a species who every 10 years go to war over who is wearing green or who is wearing purple it's their basic you know um version of of that tos episode um it's not religious reasons but they have to go to war every 10 years to decide who is going to be the dominant faction for the next 10 years and you know he is green i do not like green and all this kind of stuff um again it's too simple it's too simplistic um and yeah it is one of the things that drives me nuts about this episode as well um <laughs> uh deja Mart, so steve again uh he looks at the logs again how did he get access to them as well <laughs> all security precautions there we go there, it's going to be a very large consequences this week um <laughs> prisoner interrogation uh, when uh, Archer actually uh, put the space pirate who tried to take over the ship last time into an airlock um, uh, up against killing people with suicide bombers. Yep. Very big distinction difference there. I, I mean, so, yep. you know, he's he's talking to a military commander. We later find out that Steve is also a military campaigner as well. So he would know the difference between, you know, a legitimate interrogation, admittedly gone too far, and willing to kill people with suicide bombers and use an entire starship to wipe out an entire race of people uh, he's his <laughs> flawed reasoning very yeah. flawed reasoning here <laughs> oh yeah admittedly he's supposed to be the flawed reasoner in the episode but yeah. still um archer's execution he said that there's a device on board and sometimes we use it for executions if steve has written written all the logs and read every single one surely he's come across the transporter at least a dozen <laughs> times now, hasn't he? Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, no, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, um, yeah. Where, where is the log entry about the last um, execution? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, I like it as well. It's a really nice, it's quite a clever little mm. you know, ruse. And I think it must've been done with another um, raise of the eyebrow because <laughs> he gets a chance to discuss this with T'Pol. It's exactly the thing on here. Um, so, yeah, I've got it. It's, a, it's another thing of the superpower. Is this part of the full security procedures? Is, ah, if, yes. you know, we get taken over every single other episode. Uh, so if that happens, I'm going to trick him. And if he has to kill a member of the crew, just say we use the transporters. So that is part of the full security preparation and, and precaution. Yeah. Maybe. Um but with this entire episode so far, if yeah. he is the one being killed, effectively, yeah. has it all been an Archer abduction? Well, yes, I was thinking about that. My name is Jonathan Archer. I'm going to go no. I mean, because he, yeah. he does have the crew behind him. And I think yeah. previously we've said no when the crew is also in the same yeah. position. Yeah. It has to be I mean, just it is Archer. an Archer abduction because he's been abducted. But the whole crew has been abducted, so 
I don't think it counts. So we'll we'll discount this one for now. So yeah, yep, fair enough. And there's no punching on the kidneys. No, that's true. No, no. Yeah. Yep. And he doesn't walk away with a T-shirt at the end of it saying, I was captured again this week and all I got was a lousy T-shirt. So we're okay there as well. Answer the question. Uh, Yarrick brings up, you know, the, there's three people who have been killed already. We're already into this mission. Um, is it the right path? And we get non-believers are always our enemy. If you question me, you question the makers. Yeah. And this seems to be the first crack in mm. Steve's armor or the first. Mm. So he's really trying to ramp up his power control over everyone in the group. Uh, just any thoughts on that? You know, the, that philosophy of question me, you're already my enemy. Basically, it, it, this is what is my problem with religion, really. I would describe myself as an atheist and, and slightly more rampant atheist than atheist. That's a person that looks, yeah. An af- an a- I'm an atheist atheist. Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> You're against monkey men from execution. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm slightly more more strident than uh, Richard Dawkins when it comes to atheism, um, mm-hmm. and it is my problem. You know, who's this bloke to tell you? You know, <laughs> why does he know? You know, how does he? How about being so arrogant? If you believe in a god, a, a you know, a god being, you know that they would bother to talk through you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And telling, having, you know, telling the goal to tell other people what to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's my one of my big problems with religion and the fact that God doesn't exist, but, you know. Yeah. We're, other, know, other than that. Other larger. than that, yeah, yeah that yeah, larger yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. You know, being an atheist, I don't think I can ever sympathize with these characters no. because they are giving themselves over to uh, a philosophy that completely wipes out any kind of free will on their part, any kind of agency on their part. And, you know, I will be, uh, that is a bias of me in that I will never be able to watch this episode because I do not have that level of faith in me. Absolutely. Um, so there is a bias and maybe I don't like the episode as much as I could because I cannot empathize with Yarek, even, you know, who's the good guy, you know, the, the good, bad guy. Um, I just can't bring myself over to it. But when someone says something like that in the episode, you question me, you're questioning all of our faith. It's like, well, there's literally no redemption for you. There is nothing, no way of you coming back at all. Yeah. In sickbay, Archer texts flocks. Don't yes. feed him any cheese. Yes. Pot kettle black, Archer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's the other way around. I think he's supposed to tell you that. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was quite funny and quite a nice little shorthand between the two. Yep. Um but he's actually going to not only explain it, but he's going to text his entire plan to yeah. Phlox. Yeah. So there's no way of him using his superpower at this point. No, um, it's explain very it. odd. Yeah. 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 Uh, as uh, Archer McLean uh, starts <laughs> taking over the ship. Yes. I, I really like that shot when he drops from the ceiling. That's great, that <laughs> shot. I really like that. <laughs> it is really cool. He just drops yeah. down, fires, phases yeah. him. It's like, you really want to do this? Um <laughs> Uh, power is being disrupted across the ship. Yeah. Uh, I quite like that they were reusing the catwalk as like an engineering bay sort of uh, way of doing things that they'd already had that in their back pocket. Um, Trip is getting blamed for it, which I thought was quite a funny scene. Like he's been watching me the whole time. Yeah. I, how the hell was I supposed to do this? And then a very serious member of their team's like, I was watching him the whole time. Okay. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> What's your backstory? You're yeah. a far more interesting character than Yarek. Come on. <laughs> like, he was really invested. Like that guy was he trying was, to get yeah. another acting job, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, there we go. Yes. Once he actually drops down, um, we then get a, a conversation between uh, Archer and Yarek again. And uh, it's still a really big gamble to rely on a member of this faithful who you've known for all of two minutes and uh, already said that I've been speaking to the doctor about your wife's personal details uh, to then try and bring him over to your side. Um, Just very strange. I mean, I I suppose it's a reasonably educated guess that Yarek would be on their side. Um, But having seen this sort of play before in other shows, in other TV and franchise, 
you know, if the wife or the spouse has a doubt, doesn't necessarily mean the other partner in that relationship has the exact same doubts as well. If anything, they are completely opposed. Um, so a, a really big gamble, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then what choices he got in a way? It's very true. Yeah. It's uh, go big or go home or literally not go anywhere. Yeah. Um, heretics arrive for some shooty shooties. Yes. Um, now we get the shooty shooties and we find out they've got the tattoo on the opposite side, but in yeah. green. Mm. Uh, so it's red versus green. It's nine yeah. versus 10 days. This is where we find out from Yarrick what the real distinction is between the yes. two. And yeah, as we've said, it just feels so reductive just that it comes down to, it's like the, um, what is it? Gulliver's Travels, the little enders and the big enders on the egg, you know, who, who cuts off what end of the egg first. And yeah, I, I wanted more. I just wanted more. Yeah. Um, when um, working for the foreign office, you know, being on the, the, the desk that was supporting all the admin for Iraq, you often saw papers being passed around of, you know, briefings of religious leaders. You know, this is how you treat them. This is how you talk to them, you know, show them the proper respect. Um, and, you know, the difference between Shiite and Sunni being one being a literal interpretation of Quran and the other being, uh, you know, a far more metaphorical look, you know, your difference between your Catholic and your Protestant in that there's a far more, um, forthright and uh, literal interpretation versus a slightly more metaphorical philosophical interpretation but there were so many things on the list of like please do not refer to this like this you have to refer to this show the proper respect uh, for diplomacy more than anything else and yeah to then reduce it down to just nine versus ten days yeah, yeah, I wanted more. Admittedly, Yarrick can't explain the entire ins and outs of their society yeah, yeah. for a 45-minute episode. But just saying, look, there have been hundreds of years of texts on one side who claim many different things, one of which being nine versus ten days would have been, I think, a better line for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where the Snapchat arrives, isn't it? Because this is this is let that be your last battlefield all over again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And right, really right up to the end of the way that, it, you know, it's, it, it is a, not a carbon copy, but there's lots of, there's lots of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is good in one way, because it's a great episode, but yeah, you know, again, I think it's something that, that Enterprise does suffer from a little bit. It does draw on the history of Star Trek, which is good, mm. you know, but it also, I think they they got to that point where, you know, they're told so many stories through TNG and Voyager and DS9 and stuff. They were sort of running out of stories. So you do quite often see stories that, you know, are not copies, but they're, you know, you can you can think, oh, yeah, okay, this is like this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's a problem for Enterprise, I think. And this is another example of that, because I think it's a very good, a good episode in itself. Yeah. But if you know your Star Trek history... You know, it sort of screams, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, maybe that this one was slightly more subtle uh, than uh, um, "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield," which is so on the nose. I mean, such a half black, half white yeah. um, thing. You know, there is no metaphor in that episode. Yeah. It is purely there in front of you. Uh, this was at least a little bit. You know, they withheld the whole difference. You know, for about half an hour, and then they reveal it at the end. Um, yeah. I think it it feels like Enterprise is trying to win people over at this point, that they still haven't convinced people after two and a half seasons, and they were still trying to get the, the faithful Star Trek fans in. You know, the, we've created this show, but people aren't really warming to it. Can we just take a, a script everyone liked about the, the 60s and bring them in? Uh, and that's, I think, the feeling I get from this episode. And it's the only thing that sort of brings it down in my estimation, yeah. along with the fact that it's also not part of the season arc, which they've been talking about and haven't really delivered at this point. Um, we lose five more torpedoes. So ding, 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 <laughs> ding. Uh, just pointing out. Uh, Steve is going blasting through those torpedoes. Like, <laughs> there's not going to be any left. The Zindi <laughs> is going to have one left for the Zindi. That's it. Um uh paul tries to wrestle one of the guards and it oh, yes. doesn't work yeah like where's her strength gone yes indeed what happened to yeah. to vulcan strength and resilience surely she'd be throwing them everywhere or you know yeah, nerve pinch. Nerve pinch. just yep. take them out yep. uh, where was that maybe I, I, okay maybe she doesn't want to show her hand she doesn't want to give away her superpower but still 
maybe try and be a bit more effective uh even to the point where uh, they place a gun to timmy's temple and say look we're gonna shoot him um but uh, she then gives in at that point so there we go Phlox uses, I think, possibly the best way of distracting a guard and releases his bats uh, as the ship the ship is rumbling under the the, yeah. the fight. Um, but there's an extra load of snow beetles as he hypos the guard who is distracted. Excellent. Such a Phlox way of taking out a guard. <laughs> yes, I think. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he is literally the Batman for this episode. Um, Archer takes uh, a gun to Reed, and yep. as the door opens and he passes the gun to Reed, did you look at the look on his face? It's like he he practically <laughs> his pants. He was so joyful to have a gun in his hand again. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, Archer says, "We need the Makos." Really? Yeah. Were they much use earlier on? <laughs> I mean, you, you're the one who's taken back the ship from space Nazis and space pirates in the past. Do you really need the Makos at this point? Um, as we established, yeah. where's Hayes? Phaser fights on the warp yes. core and yes. by the torpedo. By a torpedo, I thought of you when I when I, I thought of you. Yes, like I say, when Steve was threatening him and saying we had two guys with bombs on top of the the warp core, I mean, it, it, there's um uh, my favourite stand up comedian of all time is Bill Hicks. Uh, I absolutely love Bill Hicks, and uh, there's a whole bit where he talks about um, the assassination attempt on George Bush uh, Sr. And then he talks about all of the um, uh, conspiracy theories about JFK and how, you know, it's the American government who assassinated their president. And then he sort of says, well, you know, if these uh, Middle Eastern assassins wanted to take out somebody like a president, what we should have done is we should have assassinated George Bush and then gone round to their country and say, look, that's how you do it. Don't mess with America. Um, it just it felt like that when they were having this fight, phase of fights. like. Yeah. I'm now going to shoot at our warp core that can yep. go to warp five. It just, Absolutely. yeah, uh, it just put me in, in Bill Hicks' mind. There we go. And I knew Billy Clinton became one of the boys when he bombed Iraq. Remember that? It was just a little news story for two days. Isn't that interesting? He launched 22 cruise missiles against Baghdad in retaliation for the alleged assassination attempt against George Bush, which failed. We killed six innocent people launching 22, I think, $3 million a piece missiles on Baghdad, killing six innocent people. Um, I think that's a little bit overdoing it, if you ask me. Um, you know what we should have done? We should have embarrassed the Iraqis. You know what I mean? Here's how we could do it. We should have assassinated Bush. <laughs> And said, that's how you do it. Don't fuck with us. The bombs don't work anymore, uh, but uh, they've managed to find the the agent. And um, Reed and this one Mako really kick some butt. Like, you know, full security procedures may have gone out the window, but he gets shot on his gun and thinks, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm just going to throw it at him. <laughs> Throws the gun pile drives into this guy yeah. the other mako comes in from the side whacks the guy in the arm with a baton she properly wrestles him to the ground but of course they are saved by the doubtful uh lady wife yes. of yarek whose yeah. name we don't get throughout this no, entire episode no. but i would argue her doubt is the one that's the most significant for the entire of the episode but she doesn't get a name um just any thought on fighty fighty did you believe well, it i'm Was gonna it good? go back a step okay because there is a question mark I had with with Flox. Mm -hmm. When Flox puts the the blue liquid into the thing, yes, yeah. My question is, why in the first place did they invent a system where you could put poisons into the air on a starship? <laughs> That's a very good point. Yes. <laughs> is I'm this for security work, precautions? I'm trying to work out what you know, why they'd have that system where you can inject stuff. In, I mean, it happens all the time in Trek, but mm -hmm. actually, when you think, you know, what what what's the logic behind that? I mean, is it so that you can retake the ship? I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know. Again, I'm just guessing that this is part of uh, full security procedures. That um, you know, if the ship is taken over, or if there's a viral agent on the entire ship, yeah, okay, you need yeah. to inoculate the entire crew in some way. But I seem to remember last time they did this, Flocks had to get into an EV suit and yes. release it manually. But now yeah. there's a whole thing set up in sick bay. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's a consequence. Maybe we've been talking maybe about we consequences. Missed the consequence. Yeah, yeah. 
maybe we did maybe they yeah. just thought well last time that worked really well maybe we should give Flox his own little nerve agent dispensing kit and just leave it on the side um maybe that's it maybe that it is something they thought they needed in the future so they gave it to him why he again needs someone on the bridge to release that yes that doesn't yeah. quite make any sense especially considering um archer had moved all the controls to the catwalk and engineering yep like they could just work it from engineering and then they don't need to be on the bridge yep. yeah niggles but still uh they take back the bridge at uh, no point does Steve try to take Timmy or to pole hostage. Like he already tried it with Timmy once, but doesn't try it again because having a you know person in front of you when you're firing phasers probably might actually help. And uh, Archer then takes over the bridge with a bit of roly roly shooty shooty, and then convinces the other guys, the heretics, uh, the green tattoo people, to stop firing, and they believe him. There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. one final scene in the brig as Archer goes to Steve who is reciting some sort of prayer or incantation and uh, says you want some truth I'm going to show you some truth yeah. and flies him down to his planet only to see that everything was wiped out this is your last jihad um, yeah uh, any thoughts on the <laughs> ending uh, did it well, work for you they obviously left them behind didn't they exactly are they it just wandering yeah, <laughs> I mean, all right. I know it was a bit of a git and stuff, and but I mean, you know, it does seem a bit harsh. Just to there you go, the entire civilization is destroyed. <laughs> you know, just you'll be all right. Yeah, don't worry about the pregnant member of your yeah, crew exactly. as well. Yeah, yeah. There's no hospitals. Doctors yeah. all been wiped out, but she'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and and I'm pretty sure the heretics, if they come back. They're not going they to be that understanding. Yeah, they might be nah. upset. Nah, be yeah, right. And, you know, what kind of apocalypse is this? Is it apocalypse where everyone's wiped out? Or did someone, you know, virally mutate and they've got zombies to now worry about? I yeah, mean, what's exactly. yeah. what's going on here? What have they left them to? I, I think basically what we're saying is Archer's the bastard in this episode. Isn't <laughs> what a complete scene. Oh, oh, Steve, I've, com- I've, completely, <laughs> I've completely changed my opinion. Steve's all right. <laughs> It's that archer you got to watch out for. <laughs> He'll leave you stranded. He'll leave you stranded good. Um, but yes, uh, uh, as I said before, I'm going to steal from uh, Too Young for this Trek, who like to make alternative titles for the episodes. And uh, Let That Be Your Last Jihad, I think, is my yeah. is my alternative title okay. for that. Yeah. And we end at the end we of do. the episode. No yes. timey wyminess whatsoever, as they no. just look out, surveying the devastation. Yes. The bad CGI devastation. It was so bad, wasn't it? It was so <laughs> awful. Oh god, you could almost see the blue outline yeah. around the actors. Oh, it was terrible. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Chosen Realm? No, I, no. I think we uh, covered it. Really, it's enjoyable episode. Like all these episodes, when you actually start to sort of really critique it, it doesn't fall apart exactly. But you know, there's weaknesses. But then. You know, it's TV. Exactly. It's TV and it's Star Trek. So, of course, we've got to pick it apart. Um, Yeah. So uh, once we've located the point in time, now we start to do our historical analysis. And uh, with that on the LCAR system, the next one is C for consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What are the consequences for this episode? Is there something that... I know, full security precautions should be drawn up from? I think so. <laughs> I think that's the main one, isn't it? Yeah. You know, actually take some precautions when you have full security precautions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And write specific ones for specific scenarios. So if it's space pirates, you can use the airlock. You can, you know, uh, interrogate them as much as you like. They're just space pirates. If it's space Nazis, then you need to blow them out the airlock. Don't don't try and negotiate. Space priests. Yes. Now. Yes. I'm, I'm wondering what the regulation should be. Allow the entire crew to come on board without any medical scans. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I know their their life support was failing, but you could have, you know, if you've got a tunnel between the two, just yeah. let the air in, you know, don't let them off the ship, but just let the air in so they can still breathe. Um, or, you know, 
keep them in one part of the ship but not any further than that have a little waiting area maybe where they just stay before you let them into all the critical areas of the ship I mean, how did those two guys get into engineering in the first place? You know, to I, sit on the wall. As soon as you call? said that, that's exactly what I just thought. I thought yeah. <laughs> just wandered in. All right, guys. <laughs> I just thought I thought I wanted to see a warp core. I haven't seen one for long. Why are you climbing on top? No reason. It's fine. <laughs> Steve says it's okay. Um, yeah, just why and 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 have the Makos somewhere yeah. strategically placed with each yeah. one, maybe. Yeah. I can't think of anything else though. No, I can't think of the consequences. No, they just go off into the into the space and off to the next yeah. week. Uh, and Flox has got complete control of the environmental systems yes, now. Yes, you could imagine Flox like sort of one night think, oh no, I just drop a little bit of sort of acid or something in there, just like for a bit of a laugh, a bit of weed. <laughs> <laughs> the morale is getting low on the Enterprise, yeah. so yeah, it's just moving on up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone slept really well that week. Yeah, we that's right, yeah. Um so that's consequences. I can't really think of anything else, uh, but better security precautions probably being the best thing we could pull out of it. After that, alterations expansions. Now, I'm not saying that we could do any better, but is there anything you would want to see differently in the episode or brought back? Would you ever want to come back to the Trianons and see what happened after? No, I don't like them enough. I would just the only thing I would change really I think you know pretty decent episode enjoyable story I would just make it a little bit more nuanced mm. that's all just you know and it it wouldn't need it only need a, like a paragraph of tech of, of, of sort of you know someone's just sort of saying you know I, I don't know over a hundred years we you know we fought over so and so and make it a little bit more sense it's just a little bit too glib mm. but other than that I think it's pretty decent I think having that reveal of the nine and 10 days so late in the episode didn't quite make sense for me. That felt like back when uh, Steve was being a little bit more amenable, mm. have that as the, the start of the conversation is like, is that the only reason? And then he says, well, it would take me forever to explain mm. the true differences. Yeah, and just a line like that, just to say Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we do this sort of Star Trekky thing of where they do belittle religious faith Yep. straight away but you get it over and done with and yep. then you say right now you know he sees them as enemies it doesn't matter even the people in his own team who are asking questions of him are now his enemies so it, it's really about him and it even gets said in the episode it's Dejamart's war not yes. the religious war yeah. um, so it really is about him not necessarily their society uh, yeah. you know just something like that um yeah there's there's a part of me that does want them to come back to that planet and see what happened next. You know, yeah. a kind of, um, it's a macabre, I think, thing of just wanting to see, uh, did they survive? I mean, there's this, there's 10 of them and yeah. there's however many heretics were left standing on those ships, but yeah. are they going to come together? Is there a peaceful solution in disco? Are we going to be able to see in the 30th century okay. that actually they're still around sort of, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's enough. There's enough interest in this species for me mm-hmm. to maybe see them come back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a whole episode, but just like a reference to it, saying that Starfleet got involved in our religious war a hundred years ago, and actually, it, you know, it ended there. Yeah. Um, even though our planet got completely wiped out as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, that's for me. Anyway. Um. After that, it's the pirate criteria. It's recommendations. Ars, ars. What did you think of the story? From my perspective, that's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend. Ars, ars, indeed. Yes. So, with recommendations, it's about bringing in the faithful. Uh, yes. and the yes. star trek fans yeah. but also bringing in new believers yes. to star trek as well so to star trek fans is it a good example of star trek i think it is actually yeah i like it i think it's a good star trek story mm. yeah if you were to go play by play you know if there's a formula for a star trek episode yeah. this one kind of does follow it it, does. it may be something we've seen a million times before and it may be not the best example of it yeah. but it really does like here he is. He's an unstable leader. He gradually gets more and more uh, unreasonable because of faith, because of reasons. And then, you know, the, the crew thwart them in the end through science. Um, 
it's pretty good you know it's a pretty abc kind of plot um probably not the best star no, trek episode no. for me i don't know about no you. i agree with you no i agree with you. it's a decent episode without being a great episode mm. yeah but i think it's it's good enough you know and it's sort of it's enjoyable mm. so i would i, would, I mean recommend is maybe a bit strong then maybe i would say it's again one of those ones if i switch a telly on and it was on i would sit and watch it that's a new level of our recommends then mm. Yeah, it's not necessarily even in the top 50, maybe not even the top 100 yeah. of the episodes, but it's not one you'd just switch away from. Exactly, yeah. Because of that, because it is quite middle of the road, is it a good one for non-Star Trek fans? Because it it is, at its core, a very traditional Star Trek episode. Is it enough to do that kind of work for them? It isn't one I'd recommend. Mm. But again, if you was a non-Star Trek fan, and you were flicking across the channels and that come up, and that was the first one you'd ever seen, it wouldn't be the worst one you could see. I mean, mm. that that sounds like faint praise, <laughs> isn't it? But do you know what I mean? It's not, you don't need to know too much. It, you know, it'd be nice to know a little bit more around, but the spheres and stuff, you don't really need to know about them because there's enough explanation. Yeah, so it's one of those ones that I could imagine someone seeing and going, I might watch another one of those. Mm. I was trying to apply the Tyler principle to it, you know, as someone fresh coming in, they don't learn a lot about the rest of the crew. You know, we learned a little bit about Reed in that he loves his gun. Yeah. We've got Archer and we've got to pole, um, you know, trip Reed doesn't do very much this episode. He gets blamed for quite a lot this episode, yeah. but he doesn't actually do anything. Timmy barely says a word. Yeah. Uh, we don't even hear Timmy's name being spoken in this episode yet again. Um, yeah, it's there's not a good example of Enterprise, but it is a good example of a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Yeah. Is the way I was coming at yeah. it yeah, um, for this. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, watchable, but probably not a recommend. Again, not exactly. a recommend. It's more of a if it's there, just play it yeah. for somebody and see if they like it. Yeah. Um, it, it's all resolved a little too quickly, and quite yeah. fortunate that they destroyed themselves. They didn't come yes. back to the planet only to find out that actually Dijamut's, uh people actually yeah. won the conflict, and yeah. they are completely right and justified now in everything they've done. Yeah. Oh crap! Oh, okay, yeah. bye. We're going now. <laughs> um, yeah, it turn, turns out that he killed a load of people, and they won anyway without his help. Maybe that's a more interesting mm. argument. Really? You know, if a religious warrior found out that actually they were so inconsequential to their own religion that actually they won of their own accord without violence, perhaps they won in their own way sort of thing. They made their own exception to their faith in the same way he made an exception for Archer. Would that have been a more interesting story? Mm, Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is very like, you know, the end of the world, Mm. you damn fools. It was almost, I think Carol said to me last night, you know, it's a bit planet of the apes, isn't it? Oh yes! Oh no, yeah, absolutely. It's got that ending. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a yeah. Statue of Liberty with a tattoo yeah, on one exactly, side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I suppose yeah, maybe be interesting. But um, so it's almost that his own people are questioning him. Yes. You know, your tactics are wrong. Your faith yes. not, might be wrong. Your truth might not be wrong. But your your tactics are the one thing that's yeah. you know could have led us astray, yeah. um, and have his own words parroted back to him. You know, your faith has led a lot of people astray, whereas the faith we all share is the thing. Um, I think that could have been a a, a more interesting Mm. idea. And then it wouldn't have been a complete copy of Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, where literally everything is wiped out because of war. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. That's recommendations done. Yeah, okay, I think so. So the last part, we move away from being all uh, open university uh, on this uh, and we move into just uh, setups and everything else. But uh, where can people find you on the socials? The S on, the so- on the social, Sam, on the social. On the socials. Uh, I'm going for uh, Twitter this week and it's mm-hmm. at Academic Trek 47 on there. Nice. I'm going to go for uh, Telegram this week. Oh, uh, Telegram, right. Yeah, f- yeah. find us on... I don't know if that means anything. I don't know Morse code. But I, yeah, whatever socials you use, we're somewhere. Just search Temple Trek Podcast. We're there somewhere. And uh, yeah, so uh, join us next time, next week for yeah. the setup. 
Uh, this is season three, episode 67 of the podcast and season three, episode 13 of Enterprise. As we finally get into the arc of season three, Proving Ground. Proving Ground. Yeah. So uh, any thoughts on Proving Ground? Any memories of this one? Not a clue. Not a clue? Not a clue. Uh, okay. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I, 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 no, I'm, I can't think what it could be. I'm trying to remember, but I will say it the way we're going to watch it in a temporal trek way oh, is we're going to watch the whole episode yeah. and then a little bit of the episode afterwards. Oh, okay. Because it's sort of a one of a two parter, okay. sort of, because they are linked together. Uh, right. The events of this episode feed into the next episode, which is Stratagem. Right. No any ideas no? <laughs> no okay all right well i will say that it's uh it's proving ground and it'll be the 10th of december 2153 because we get a date they actually give us a date on an episode it's great just trying to remember we're working in a time frame here it's actually a date they give us in the next episode but by working it backwards you actually work out that this episode happens three days before so it's the 10th of december 2153 zero minutes zero seconds as a glass of water is being poured and a blue hand comes to pick up the glass Oh, okay. Right. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Still hasn't given it away. No, I've got a, I've got a bone to pick with you though. Oh, right, go on. Talking of watching things in the Temple Trek way, mm-hmm. I had a terrible, terrible moment the other day where I realised how we're going to have to watch the Visitor. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get over this. I mean, that is like you know. It seems to be every good episode. <laughs> it's one of the greatest episodes of Star Trek, isn't it? You know, I'm going to go early. I mean, I know we're about eight, 18 years away from reviewing this, but, you know, it's, and I just realised that I thought, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is the more you think about it, the worse it gets, because now we have to watch Farpoint and All Good Things at the same time in certain oh, areas. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be watching the end and the beginning of TNG at the same time um, for certain scenes. Yeah, there's lots of episodes that are just not ruined, but stretched out. Let's just say they're stretched out. That's another S for our LCAR system, the stretching out of the Temporal Trek. Ah, so join us next time. Thank you, as always, for uh, joining us and listening. Uh, and join us in the next time stream. See you later it's true it's so bad we're gonna be so so wrecked by that oh dear right i hope you've enjoyed the show please remember to like subscribe and review wherever you listen to it if you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback you can contact me by either searching for the temporal trek podcast facebook page or find me on twitter at rider underscore coattail also search the temporal trek podcast you can also find me on instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction, and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.